1: Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location; it's a state of being. What's up, people? It's the Mile High Huddle podcast. Stoked to have you. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him, Zach Calverman. Zach, uh, this today the Broncos uh, practiced. It wasn't a uh, it wasn't a practice. Fans were allowed to be at. However. Some news we got to get to. First things first, some Broncos fans a little bit worried about this injury to Justin Simmons. Tell them what the score is. What's going on with him?
2: Well, Simmons has been absent from practice. I don't know what's going on with my voice, first of all. So apologies for anyone listening and kind of uh, cringing a little bit. Um, Simmons hasn't practiced for a few days. He's been on the sideline. And Sean Payton revealed that uh, last week, late last week, Simmons tweaked his groin. Uh, Mike Kliss is calling it a leg muscle injury. Could be a groin issue, but he has some sort of pull. Uh, Not too worried about it. Sean Payton said they're just being smart, precautionary, keeping him out. Shouldn't be a long-term issue, but this makes him highly, highly unlikely to play in Friday's preseason opener, Chad.
1: Yeah, but he has had a hell of a camp. Like he was in one of the superstars of training camp. Not that Broncos fans Zach really have too much to worry about with Simmons. Uh, You and I, can get super picky in our expectations for Justin Simmons relative to his um, let's just say, you know how highly he's paid and all that. But at the end of the day, he's a vet. I mean, even today, Sean Payton, um, highly complimenting his football IQ. I mean, he's just a smart dude, sharp as attack, great leader. And, one of the early stars of Broncos camp, like he's the guy who's been playing quarterback in Sean Payton's offense for the last 16 years, like that level of anticipation of what's coming next. So I don't think you have to worry too much about Justin Simmons. You know, they'll rest him for a minute. He'll be fine.
2: Yeah. And I'm excited in the interim to see uh, where the reps go at safety. Obviously this means Caden Stearns is safety one. Now Kareem Jackson is probably back in the starting lineup temporarily, but after them, you have DeLarian Turner-Yell, you have Devin Key, you have J.L. Skinner, you have P.J. Locke. I want to see what some of these young guys do with the reps in Simmons' absence.
1: Which, and that's a an very interesting topic and a timely one. But real quick, I'm going to grab David, the Papa Bears he is known in his uh, sector. Appreciate you, bro. Jumping in early with a super. I mean, we just love and appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, you big dog. He says, good evening, Broncos country. Chad, Zach, Dylan, Deacon Scott, 12 and 5. Buckham, Times three with a B. MHH for life. Denver Bronx for life. Really appreciate your brother. Seriously, helping us keep the lights on, David. Um, but t- speaking of like, who steps up? Like, who? Where does this uh, opportunity go? Because no one's obviously Zach is gonna uh, feasibly unseat Justin Simmons barring a season-ending injury, which this is not. But it was interesting that some Kareem Jackson uh, remarks came out today. Uh, one of which was him talking about that. I'll give you the, I'll give you the the paraphrase takeaway here. I love Caden Stearns, but I came back for a 14th season because I came back for a 14th season. I'm I, It's my responsibility to, if if I'm not going to turn my back on anybody, but I'm here to win the job. And then when I win the job and I'm on the grass, I'm there to win the game, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it is interesting because, Caden Stearns, you know, all of a sudden battling with Kareem in the picture. And now maybe this gives him a little bit more, um, a little bit more rope to kind of show the new Sean Payton staff, what,
2: what he can do. Getting kind of Melvin Gordon vibes from that comment, you know, a little bit or Joe Flacco vibes, you know, I'm, I'm the understood quarterback. I'm not anyone's mentor. I understand why he said that he's a competitor. He wants to play. He wants to start. It's not easy to, you know, pass the torch to the new guard, but Caden Stearns runs circles around KJ athletically. He has better ball skills. He's pretty decent in run support as well. He needs to be the starter. It should be Simmons and Caden Stearns as the understood starters with Kareem Jackson coming off the bench, but at least KJ will get his wish temporarily now with uh, Simmons picking up that groin injury.
1: So just for the sake of being thorough, guys, and then I'm going to grab your super chat. So thank you, everybody, for being patient. But here's exactly what Kareem said. All right. This is the Zach Stevens. Does great work over at uh, DMVR. Here's what he said. Quote, I love this is Kareem. I love Caden to death. He's a huge part of this team as well. Going into his third year, I'm sure they, the team, expecting big things from him, as am I. Caden is still my teammate. I still love Caden. Obviously competition is competition, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to turn my back on Caden. I'm going to still help Caden every way I can, whether it's on the field or off the field at the end of the day, I feel like it's my responsibility to give whatever knowledge I have to the guys in that room. And Caden's included in that, regardless of the situation that we're in, it's not his fault. In other words, Zach, that, uh, you know, he's my primary competition to see in the field.
2: Again, I understand where he's coming from, but, you know, K.J. in the back of his mind realizes he's on the back nine of his career. Caden Stearns is on the front nine. He, he's just coming up. He's just ascending and he's the future at the position. So K.J. can hold on to that for as long as he wants, but it's only a matter of time before Caden's the full time starter.
1: Scott's reminding us. Remember last year when Kareem was asked uh, if he plans on starting and he laughed, why wouldn't I? Um, yeah, it'll be hard to unseat him, honestly, even though he's lost a step or, or, or two, at least based on what we've seen from him the last couple of years. He's so smart and he's such a um, magnetic leader for the other guys on the field that it will be hard for Caden Stearns to unseat him. And if he does, by golly, that will have meant he earned that damn uh, honor so troy what's up dude thank you big dog for the thank super you, chat hey guys he says glad to hear russ is stacking days i hope that it's true can't wait to see on friday uh, michaela is right though that is that it is odd to look so forward to a preseason game have a great show uh yes you know it's like what the preseason zach will be like by the time you even get to three weeks into the season like you're going wait a minute what was it because now football's everywhere right it's ubiquitous it's on Sundays it's on Mondays it's on Thursdays and the games freaking count plus you got college football happening on Saturdays and Fridays and you're going wait a minute like I I went from being starving Marvin you know no football to like completely inundated and you forget about it but yeah it's going to be fun looking forward to Friday
2: yeah, it's paradise for me. Football all weekend, football season. I can't get enough of it. Um, at least we'll actually see the starters though in preseason this year. I think that's a big reason why fans are so excited. And Sean Payton came out today said and today and said Chad that they're going to play about 15 to 18 snaps. He doesn't go by length of time; he goes by snaps, and we will see everyone minus the injured players on the field.
1: David Wilder, so great to see you tonight, my friend. Thank you for a very, very generous super chat. Thank you, David. And he's saying hello to everybody. Chad, Zach, Scott in Broncos country. Really cool to see you, big dog. Hope you're doing well, David. Uh, Sam Bam also jumping in. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, buddy. He says, evening, Broncos country. Looking forward to the game Friday night. Simmons will be fine, he says. Go Broncos. Yeah, I don't think it's anything to worry about. But it is a uh, storyline today, nevertheless. So we want to bring that, of course, Zach, to everybody's attention because right. – that's what uh, we are here to do. Keep everybody up to date on the latest Broncos news and rumors. Um, all right, a couple more, and then I have an actual I – want, I want to shift gears for a second. Michaela Israel, what is going on? Give our best to Cooper. She says, good evening, MHH fam. I'm going to training camp on Wednesday. I'm going to wear the jersey I won from you guys. Dope. She's wearing a rust jersey. Just sending some love from Cooper and I, Denver Bronx for life buckham mhh for life that is rad well make sure you find i know luke will be there representing us so find luke and uh you guys can chop it up a little bit but that is very cool and thank you michaela for the super chat uh zeus mcpeak in the house dude so great to see you uh two nights in a row very very lucky says hi all any feedback on our inside linebackers he wants to know zach been a weak point for the broncos for years yeah it is kind of crazy too to think i'll remind everybody of this Drew Sanders who was a third round pick of this team uh this year highest drafted inside linebacker by the Broncos since DJ Williams who was a first round pick uh in 03 or 04 anyway uh so yeah they they've tried to kind of get by on the cheap so to speak um you know not to say well, there haven't been some good inside linebackers in Denver over that span, Zach, but what's your answer for for Zeus?
2: I mean, one of the best inside linebackers was Kenny Clark, and he wasn't all that good. Just to give you some context to uh, how desperate the Broncos have been for some success there, as Stu's talking about um, – you you mentioned Drew Sanders and uh, Sean Payton talked about Sanders and complimented his traits, both intangible, and tangible. his intelligence. and, And they're really showing and he's really showing why he was so highly drafted by Denver and why, as we talked about last week, the Broncos can weather the loss of Jonas Griffith, who tore his ACL. I mean, after Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton, two entrenched veterans who know what they're doing, the quarterbacks of that front seven, you have a really highly tatted, Uh, athletically gifted, smart, instinctual player, Andrew Sanders. And I cannot wait, Chad, until he gets on the field.
1: I think they're going to be okay if this is one position group, Zach, that manages to consistently kind of stave off the injury bug. Not to say a nick or two here and there, but I mean, as long as you're not sustaining like multi-game, let alone season-ending type injuries to either uh, Singleton or Jewel, I think you're going to be okay. And that, like you said, the injury to Jonas Griffith only kind of opens that can of worms, gets the clock going, so to speak, on Drew Sanders, which can only be a good thing. He's just – he's a very talented young guy. He's going to make an impact, and it looks like sooner than later. So, uh, Colby, what's up, dude? The Triple C in the house to say, first preseason game, it should be interesting, wondering what starters will play and for how long. Uh, Well, Zach kind of answered – half of that particular uh, equation but i mean from who's going to play i think pretty much everybody who's not dealing currently with an injury or who hasn't been injured let's say since camp
0: started we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
2: I love what Sean Payton said the other day. I can't quite remember if it was Friday or Saturday, but he was asked if starters are going to play in the preseason. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, yeah, all players are going to play. And then he was asked if Russ will play, and he goes, yeah. He's a player. He's and he a player. said it's, he said it's so deadpan and so matter of fact. And I love that answer, Chad, you know why? Because we talked about after the Peyton hire for months and months after the fact of treating Russ, like one of the 53, one of the guys, no special privileges, no special allowances, nothing handed to him. He has to earn every snap and Sean Payton's already, uh, kind of dealing with him that way. I'm really encouraged.
1: By the way, uh, Mike, and those of you interested in, on, in this Bronco Anonymous source talking about Peyton, we're going to get to that. Hang tight. Uh, Andrew Lampy. what's up, dude? Great to see you. Thank you for the stars, my dog. Longtime supporter and member of our community says, thanks to all the MHH crew for all the updates. Only place I go to get my Bronco updates seems other outlets have an anti rust agenda. Interesting. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I don't really... I mean, I read Mike Cliss, Zach, in the sense that we cite him often on, yeah. our, um, on our articles. Um, I don't read any of the other outlets, um, with the exception of when we do cite something that's newsworthy, like today, for example, uh, citing uh, Zach Stevens of DMVR with a great interview with Kareem Jackson. And Zach does do good work, but yeah. apparently from what uh, Andrew's saying, that there's a lot of boo birds on Russ in Bronco Media.
2: I, I can't, I'm not going to, you know, name call anyone or, or publicly point a finger. I respect everyone that covers the Broncos, the work they do. We're all kind of uh, playing for the same team, though. I will say nationally, there's that obvious Russ bias, Chad, and Andrew's 100% correct. Twitter, for an example, is so active and chirpy, no pun intended, when Russ has a bad practice, but when he has a good practice, Dead quiet. You know, it's funny how that works. There is definitely an anti-Russ agenda. It seems like even some Broncos fans want Russ to fail just so they can say, hey, I told you so, but I don't think he will. And I think uh, we'll all, meaning the supporters of Russ, have the last laugh.
1: Uh, Indeed. A quick shout-out, Patrick. Great to see you, my friend. Aloha, right back at you. And then Scott Busby, we love you too, big dog. We love you too. And like you, we cannot wait for the season to start. But we get a little bit of an appetizer starting Friday, and that's going to be dope. Uh, Guys, before we segue and uh, get the the remaining supers and talk about this source, uh, Mr. Producer has it queued up. Sean Payton talking about, for those of you, hey, what starters? What can we expect on Friday? Here's what Coach Payton had to say on that very subject.
0: Shelled it out yet, yeah, but they're going to play. We'll, we'll figure out how many snaps. Um, you know, we typically break a game into three phases, first, second, third phase, and then special teams, we might just do two phases. But we'll have a plan, especially as we get into next week. I've got a few notes written down. So I don't have a pitch count. I don't have an exclusion list as, you know, if, if someone's got a, a light injury that we back. But, I mean, we can expect to see our guys play a little bit. That,
1: that would include Russell
0: yeah that would include he's a player (laughs) (laughs) right uh
1: love it okay um because we hate to keep our super chat superstars waiting we're getting these and then we'll segue to this anonymous source sam bam again brother love you big dog uh also your profile pic on youtube remains one of our faves so love it dude Says any news on who the front runner is for the starter at center? Cushionberry, Forsyth, anyone else? No, no, no. The front runner is clearly Lloyd Cushionberry. Like it's his job. When you hear that phrase, it's his job to lose. It literally is Cushenberry's job to lose. They made him available uh, for uh, post-practice presser Saturday, and uh, you know they don't do that unless it's a noteworthy player, a starter caliber guy, or a. You know, high profile rookie, highly drafted rookie. So Cush and Barry, outside of Zach, an injury or something like drastic changing in this uh, preseason, like Forsyth just like mopping the floor, Kyle Fuller or whatever, it's going to be Cush.
2: Yeah, and uh, you're right about his job to lose. We said it for weeks and months that unless he suffers an injury or just completely falls on his face, it's going to be what Cushenberry as the center. Forsythe hasn't done enough quite yet to unseat Cush, who has the experience, obviously, and the belief in both Sean Payton and Zach Strief that Cushionberry can be a more effective pivot man than he was in the previous regime, though Forsyth is doing work with the second team he is paving running lanes he is looking good in pass protection so maybe down the line they have a starter in Forsyth but not right now that's Cush's job
1: and honestly I'm not convinced Kyle Fuller for what it's worth makes this roster out of training camp just because Forsyth is doing well as a seventh round rookie and uh, Cushenberry is kind of the guy at center for now so we'll see but uh, the Duchess jumping in Michaela Parker So good uh, to see you tonight, also two nights in a row. I mean, it's almost every night in a row. Anyway, that's how the Duchess rolls here. But she says, I thought the starters don't play until the second preseason game. I hope I'm wrong, and MHH we trust. So one thing to keep in mind here is since the pandemic, when the NFL kind of reimagined the preseason, that has kind of changed. So it used to be that when it was a four-game preseason, Zach, you would – get a little – most teams would give their starters a little bit of exposure in the first preseason, uh, preseason games. Some wouldn't, uh, but, like, think back to the Peyton Manning era, for example. You'd get a little bit of Peyton in game one, even less game two. Game three would be what they called the dress rehearsal, and they'd play from opening till the first possession of the second half, and then they wouldn't play in the fourth game. But uh, now that there are three preseason games – Zach and we're only a couple of years into that being the new custom I think NFL teams are still kind of figuring out what is customary like what they're going to do and in Sean's case you know if he wasn't coming in here Zach in a situation where the previous regime that had failed so hard overall in the big picture had had made such a drastic uh decision for preseason in other words no starter saw any action in the preseason maybe they would wait till game two but He's playing him out of the gates. He's going to expose them to some of those snaps immediately.
2: You're right on both points, but the second point is, uh, is very apparent in the fact that Sean Payton is absolutely disgusted by the way Nathaniel Hackett ran the Broncos last year. And I'm going to give you some context to that comment because this is straight from Sean Payton's mouth today. Quote, what he doesn't want to see on Friday against the Cardinals. I don't want to see 10 guys on the field. I don't want to see uniforms off after we're done playing with sunglasses on and Gilligan hats on and interviews during the game. What Sean Payton meant there was I don't want to see Nathaniel Hackett's Broncos. And you know what? Who could really blame him after the crap show that we all witnessed last season in both action and word and deed. Sean Payton is undoing everything that Hackett did in 2022.
1: Well said, brother. Hey, Ryan, what's up, dude? He says, hey, fellas, first time super chat welcome
2: welcome Ryan
1: thank, thank you. you appreciate you love watching you guys he says good insight Broncos fans here in St. Louis Missouri uh awesome keep up the stellar work Denver Broncos for life really cool man well first of all thank you for the super chat and uh we do appreciate you making yourself known so any topics you want to want us to get to or get in the conversation with the community put it in the chat my friend so welcome Ryan um Howie in the freaking house dude saying evening gentlemen i am a full believer in sean payton starters playing in the first preseason game personally i'm all for it can't know what works till you see it who needs a great preseason to earn a starting role and who will be the sleeper hashtag buckham denver Bronx for life awesome dude so very interesting topic big boy stars thank you big dog love it thank you howie um Interesting topic, and this is one that uh, Eric Trickle delved into on the website today, so there's a really nice long-form article if you guys go check it out when you get some time, of the uh, 12 players in preseason game one with the most to lose and the most to gain. But I would say uh, for me, you know, his specific question about who needs a great preseason, generally speaking, to earn a starting role, uh, and then who's a sleeper. Two different topics here. To, to earn that starting role – Offense, I think it's pretty well set. Unless we want to we'll think about, about, about that that third receiver, you know, who needs to have a big preseason to to be that starting receiver that that third wideout, Zach.
2: The third wideout I think is pretty set in stone because Marvin Mims' draft status is going to lock him into that. I was thinking more along the lines of Cushionberry, who we just talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about him falling flat on his face. while well, he's going to see some run in the preseason and if uh, he doesn't show out well and Alex Forsyth looks better, then maybe we see a switcheroo before week 1. The other person who came to mind, not the obvious choice here, but it's uh, worthy to talk about, Elliot Fry. You now have two kickers on the Broncos Mm. roster. He's going up against a kicker who's uh, more seasoned and more experienced, and I think a a better, more reliable leg overall. So he has to step up or else he's going to be cut.
1: Yeah, you almost forget about the kicking situation, you know, because Sean Payton doesn't like certain storylines or like individual non-team oriented storylines to outpace or eclipse what they're doing every day and become distractions. So like uh, I won't, I won't spill any uh, state secrets here, but suffice to say, you know, we've had our, our guy at every single training camp practice. And, you know, Zach joked about it last night, you know, word out of North Korea. I mean, Broncos HQ, (laughs) Sean Payton really has, When we talk about a moratorium. He has, it's a vice grip on what information goes in and out of, of Broncos HQ right now. And specifically, Hey, if you're a, if you're a credentialed beat writer on the Broncos beat, uh, be careful writing anything that could, in any way, shape, or form, be construed as controversial or anything that could be a distraction to what they're doing, because you will be excised like a tumor. Uh, David, what's up, dude? Again, what's happening? He wants to know with the kicker competition. Has anyone set themselves apart in camp? You know, this is not something I've heard much buzz about in terms of like anything really coalescing, but we're going to find out what's what starting Friday night.
2: Yeah. Some other team like beat writers, other teams like keep. if there's a kicking competition, they have stats. Uh, for example, the Cowboys had two kickers and they cut one today because he was missing more kicks than the other. But this is a competition I feel will come down to the preseason games. It's one thing to make a kick in a controlled practice, a whole other situation to make a kick in a, a real live game situation. So whoever looks better, more consistent, more reliable, that is going to be Brandon McManus' successor on a full-time basis.
1: Uh, Lana, what's up? So great to see you, that, that double LC in the house. Great to see you. Thank you for uh, throwing up some stars on Facebook, helping us keep the lights on. Great to see you. Always so cool to see the ladies of MHH showing out. I want to grab Phil, and then let's tackle this whole uh, – let's see, who's this? We also have Stuart Sanchez. Let's grab Phil and then we're going to grab this topic that we've been uh, teasing, and then we'll get um, the other Super Chats. But Phil, down in Tucson, brother, hope you're doing well. Love you. Appreciate you. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, and Deacon Scott. I'd love to see Nick Benito getting stronger and apparently smarter. If he is better on Ron defense, would be a great addition for us. Buckham, go Broncos. Yeah, he has really been uh, impressing people in pass pro and even Zach or pardon me pass rush even when uh in training camp the the pads come on and they can pop a little they're still not allowed to tackle to the ground and all that stuff there's it's it's the it's a closer version of real tackle football but it's still not uh the real thing we're going to see the real thing from Benito on Friday night yeah. and we'll see how much of this pass rush progress is for real and also to Phil's point if he has become more solid as a run guy because on the edge you got to have not only the technique down to to set that edge and and dominate or at least win as many of your uh, matchups at the point of attack as you might lose but you got to have that strength and that power to contend and hold up there and that was one thing Zach I think for Benito coming out you know you hear about players needing to build their NFL body and he was one guy where it was really very much the name of the game so Intrigued as well to see what he looks like Friday night.
2: Let me tell you the key that might have unlocked Benito's Uh, ceiling or upside that's the hire of Jamar Kane the Mm -hmm. Broncos pass rush specialist he coached uh, Benito in college and Sean Payton wisely hired him to be a part of the defensive staff to get the most out of Benito second round pick it's really put up or shut up time he's not a seventh rounder like Jonathan Cooper he wasn't a UDFA he was a very very highly drafted player who the Broncos are counting on to be a you know outside linebacker starter of the future supposedly reportedly apparently Benito looks much improved night and day from year one to year two but we'll only know how successful he really is when the real life bullets start flying
1: all right let's grab this topic of the anonymous source uh and yes Michaela heard Benito had a great camp he has so far he's he's earned many more positive marks and mentions um than last year last year he was more of like why isn't anybody talking about him type thing? And then he just wasn't even a factor in the season. So definitely encouraging up to this point. He just needs to carry that forward uh big time in uh, the preseason. Stuart, what's good? Hey, thank you, Stuart, for the Super. What's good? How do y'all feel about VJ's defense? And do y'all believe we're going to get more turnovers? Thoughts on Randy? Well, let me put a pin in that for a minute, big dog. Um, We'll come back to it. Zach, I don't know how surprising this is but let me just read this is via jeff legwald of espn i'm going to read two paragraphs really quick all right just as a refresher make sure the stage is properly set but sean payton's um castigation publicly of nathaniel hackett right when training camp started as uh he writes here at legwald raised more than a few eyebrows across the nfl as well as in his own building with his interview it was with usa today calling Nathaniel Hackett's 15-game tenure as head coach last season, quote, one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history in an attempt to support quarterback Russell Wilson. Payton also lumped in current team employees like general manager George Payton, which he did not necessarily do by name, but he did mention, um, the. I think he mentioned GM, or at least front office, team president Damani Leach and the team's media relations staff as part of the litany of problems last season. Peyton later apologized, saying he had regret for the comments and that Peyton, the GM, and the team's front office were two of the biggest reasons he accepted the job. But one Broncos employee, Zach, requesting anonymity, sorry, said, quote, Some people were surprised at that, not happy. People are giving him, Sean Payton, their best, working their asses off, and this organization has done an awful lot right for a long time, more than most. Close quote. So I think uh, that last little bit here about the organization having done an awful lot right for a long time, more than most, is something Peyton probably reads and laughs his ass off. You want to talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, uh, that particular maybe naughty word. Um, But what was your reaction to this? What are the implications and people saying who could it have been? I mean, could have been anybody, dude.
2: L-M-A-O is my reaction. I, I don't know who this is. I have the feeling it's someone that's been with the Broncos for a minute, a hot minute. Can they reference a lot the Broncos have done, right? We're talking about last season. That was what Sean Payton's comments were fixated on, Nathaniel Hackett's 2022 season. And he said, factually, it was one of the worst coaching jobs and one of the worst results in modern NFL history. I, again, spot me the lie. I have a feeling it could be someone with the PR department, someone that's embedded in the front office that's not George Payton, maybe an assistant, but they haven't done a lot right. They haven't been to the playoffs since Peyton Manning hoisted that glorious SB50 trophy. They haven't had a winning record since 2016. They've been swept year in and year out by Oakland and Kansas City. That's not doing a lot right. That's failing at every turn, and Sean Payton correctly called that out and is in the process of fixing that.
1: Also, I'm not sure Damani Leach should be roped into what he had to say about the team, Sean Payton, last year. But a couple of the buzzwords, he said there were 20, uh, you know, talking about one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, quote, 20 dirty hands uh, that touched the situation or around quarterback Russell Wilson's career. Uh, And then, of course, one of the things he said was, everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite. And last thing here, this is what he told Jarrett Bell, Sean Payton of USA Today, quote, doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed. And that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much expletive time trying to win the offseason, the PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around and all this stuff. We're not doing any of that. Uh, And then he goes on to say, look, the Jets did that this year. You watch. It's not going to pan out well for them. So listen, just put in the work. Um, so definitely a little bit of a shot across PR's bow. So you know when we talk about a guy like Patrick Smythe, he's his tenure as an executive, of course, on the on the public relations side of things. Zach spans multiple uh, coaching regimes. In fact, predates even Peyton Manning coming to Denver. He's been there a long time. So I don't know, man, who who may have been this anonymous source for Legwald, but I wonder if it wasn't somebody in the PR department because I don't think George Payton gives a flying rip. He knows, just like we said, Sean Payton's laughing at the idea that, you know, the Broncos should be recognized for having done so many good things, uh, things right over the, you know, years. What have you done lately? Answer is Jack squat. Not only have you not posted a winning season since 2016 you haven't made the playoffs since you won a super bowl seven years ago and then adding insult to injury you became a national lampoon last season amid a five game uh, a five win finish so like george payton i think he's pretty pragmatic in how he probably views that in terms of yeah that's the sh- that's the score I, I i would guess like if you said here you can put some money on it and and a little absolute fairy could come in and give you the absolute true answer to who it was. I would bet it was someone associated in the PR division of the, of the team.
2: If I have to bet, I would say it's probably from that department as well. It even reads like a PR kind of fluffed up, fluffed up statement where it's, uh, you know, glossing over all the negatives to spin it into a positive. I don't want to point fingers though. we've always had a pretty good relationship, Chad, MHA Broncos PR staff, but, well, your point about Damani Leach is true too. He never mentioned him uh, by name, and Damani is on the, the the business side of the Broncos. I don't. T- I'm not talking about contracts either. I'm talking about stadium and jerseys and all that stuff. Not about the c- contractual situation with Russell Wilson, the trade with Russ, and he never mentioned him. I think it's the media lumping him in to make Sean Payton seem worse than he really is. Yeah, it's it's just pure.
1: What I'm saying is like pure, just tinfoil hat speculation we have no way of knowing it's just reading some of the context clues you know that's the first thing that would come to my mind answering some of your guys questions about who it could be but it could honestly be anybody that's the bottom line um and nothing they said zach per se really uh is panning sean payton Uh, i mean the worst of what was said was that it, it uh surprised some people right that that it was uh uh where to go? I just lost it again. But aside from the whole, um, yeah, uh, not happy that it, people were surprised, Zach, and, and not happy, and that people have been giving Sean Payton their best, working their their tails off. So you know, it's not like he got anonymously panned or or slammed, nuked from orbit by an anonymous Bronco source, like he did. In fact, nuke Nathaniel Hackett from orbit for show. Sure.
2: Sean Payton said the quiet part out loud. And I said before, and I'll say again, facts don't care about your feelings. What he said was 100% true. But this reminds me like the backlash. You ever see those shows? I guess like Maury or Jerry Springer where there's like an unruly nine or 10 year old and the parents have no idea what to do. So they bring in some drill sergeant or former convict to like scare some sense into them and get them on the right path. That's in a way what the Broncos have done and needed under Sean Payton. They've got a away with so many losing traits and characteristics over the last seven years that it can't continue anymore. And Sean Payton came in and realized how bad it was, how deep the swamp goes, and he's in the process of undraining that swamp. So I, I can't hate it all.
1: By the way, Zach's favorite quarterback of all time just got a job today, Teddy Bridgewater. Joining the Detroit Lions. Number one Teddy fan here. Jared Goff. Uh, Anyway, hot news of the day. Teddy Bridgewater got a job on August 7th. Stuart, let's actually answer your question, my dog. Thank you for your patience. How do y'all feel about Vance Joseph's defense? And do you believe we're going to get more turnovers? And then, of course, Randy Gregor. So, Zach, how do you feel about Vance Joseph's defense and the idea of getting more turnovers?
2: Damn, I feel really good about it so far. I'm not trying to overreact to training camp and go against my own word, but... I wasn't, and I talked about this last night. I wasn't expecting the defense to be as um, aggressive and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Opportunistic as they have been. Simmons is intercepting um, Russ at almost every practice. Damari Mathis, PS2 look great. Jaquan McMillian looks really good as a cornerback. Zach Allen has been a monster at defensive end. Uh, You've had good production. We talked about Drew Sanders. So so far, so good. It's one of those caveats, though, where I want to see how the games play out and when they're facing an offense that's not their own. But, you know, Randy Gregory, talking about him, he had a pick six in practice. Of course, he tweaked his ankle on the pick six, but he did make a splash play, and that's what we'll see more of from a player of his uh, stature, if he's healthy.
1: Yes. Um, on that subject, it really comes down for Gregory. If he's available, you'll get impact. Um That's I mean, here's what here's what Zach Allen said about Gregory today. Quote, I love Randy. He's another high motor guy, but just he's got all the athletic ability in the world. And he's seen a lot of football, too. So it's been great to with him and Frank Clark kind of pick their brains. Just awesome. And I love rushing, pass rushing with him. So he's a guy that, you know, is the closest thing you get to uh you know that dog mentality that guys like Akita Lee brought to the broncos defense Derek wolf that's the kind of guy randy gregory is you and plus he gives you impact on the other end he actually produces to go along with that dog mentality you just need him to stay healthy if he's healthy you're good to go in that department but like zach said makes a big play giveth and then taketh with a with getting injured so uh fingers crossed on gregory just mainly avoiding those those gnarly injuries that'll cost him games. Howie again, bro. Thank you. He says I went to the Buffalo preseason game last year and I never want to see our Broncos get bullied like that again. They got manhandled on every aspect. Yeah, that was brutal. And that was a I'm glad you brought that up, Howie, because that game in particular was a great like juxtaposition of how two polar opposite football philosophies shake out. Uh, in the wash and that is uh, McDermott's like lunch pill attitude kind of like Peyton we're playing tackle football here so our guys are going to play and practice tackle football versus Nathaniel Hackett going you know what I think we can outsmart NFL custom and tradition and all this banging our heads against the wall in this summer that's why guys get hurt in the regular season by the time they get to the games man they're like burnt and they're you know their their muscles and tendons and everything that get injured, and in their bones. Now they're weak. So we're going to outthink fifty plus years of uh, NFL applied wisdom, and we're going to say, "Sit all of our starters," and it'll it'll come out in the wash for our benefit. And that Buffalo game, Zach, especially in hindsight, ended up being a great reflection of the reality of how misguided uh, that was for for the Broncos.
2: Yeah, and I'm still eating crow over it because I said this time last year, oh, don't worry about it. They don't have to play. The offense is going to hum under Hackett. Russ is going to look good. Injuries won't be a big deal. I was capital W wrong on every aspect about that. But uh, you're 100% correct, Chad. The only thing that I can really tack on here is the Broncos will lose games this season. They're not going to go undefeated. But I promise you, they are not going to get bullied in any game. They're not going to get blown out in any game. They're not going to get manhandled. They will give their all and their hardest to every team they face.
1: Amen. Shout out. We got the, uh, the mile-high duchy in the house, Albert Knoppers. Great to see you tonight, my friend. Uh, hope all is well with you and yours. Um, okay, let me see. I feel like I we we're, were leaving some people to – Language. We're trying to get to the main content subjects for tonight, so hopefully you guys are understanding of that. Michael says, working our you-know-what's-off equates to five wins. Please, tired of losing. Hashtag rose-colored glasses. Exactly. Exactly. Um, It doesn't matter. Look, I agree that from a macro perspective, uh, even post-Mr. B uh, passing away, RIP, the Broncos did always uh, conduct themselves from like a PR perspective, how the fans were treated uh, through, um, you know, the charity things and the support of the community. Broncos continue to do that and, and, and exemplify kind of the, the Mr. B uh, model and, and image of the team. But when it comes to the bottom line of why we're all here, did you win on Sunday? It just comes off Zach as extremely hollow and, in some way, whoever that individual was, highly, highly oversensitive, uh, transparent, ridiculous. Like you should not be bringing up with you, you just lose all credibility, whatever you had to say. The fact that you had to say this organization has done an awful lot right for an awful long time. no one gives a fly and flip uh, because it's about what you do on Sundays. One thing, Zach, to have one or two years where you're kind of out of the party, but to go nearly three-quarters of a decade and not just missing the boat by a hair, right? We're not talking seven seasons, Zach, of what happened in 2016 where you went 9-7, and narrowly missed out on playoffs. No, 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 no. What's the most games this team has won since Gary Kubiak resigned? In a single season. I'll tell you. Seven games. That's the most this team has won in a single season. Seven games. So nobody wants that's associated with the team, let alone fans, but players, coaches, media, fans. No one wants to hear about the awful lot the team has done right, and or that we're all working our butts off for Sean Payton. If that's the case, keep your mouth shut, put your head down, and keep doing so because this kind of stuff that you're doing right now, leaking BS to as an anonymous source, Zach to to an ESPN great writer though he is, of course. I mean walled, legendary uh media figure but that kind of stuff is exactly what sean payton is trying to eradicate from the broncos uh culture you can't have it if you're going to be a winning franchise um so mike brother thank you so much for the super and i uh i'm sharing a brain with you my dog uh, i'm sure zach is too divine breaks what's going on great to see you as well thank you for the super saying with VJ's defense, there's a lot to look forward to because he's had more time to adapt, be better, and develop. Now under Sean Payton, VJ has no other choice but to be more meticulous than ever. Yeah, and this is one of those subjects where I wouldn't say Zach and I differ by a, a you know, it's not a chasm. It's not a, 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 you know, it's not like this. It's like this. But Vance Joseph, I've never really been that much of a critic of his defensive calling, you know, defensive scheming acumen. He was way in over his head as an overall team leader who's in charge of managing every aspect of the, of the team as a head coach. But if you think back to his tenure uh, as head coach, which granted was only two years, but Joe Woods was his defensive coordinator and there were times Joe Woods had things humming. Okay. But there were a lot of times where things would go off the rails at which point at halftime, VJ would take over play calling. And the defense would go from looking like, you know, a hot knife through butter could get the job done to all of a sudden making plays and allowing the, you know, the offense that was failing to do its part to kind of get back into the game a little bit. And I'll admit that I didn't follow every single Cardinals game uh, that VJ was the coach. But since he came back, I have done my uh, due diligence and study of VJ in Arizona. And He's better than I think he's given credit for as an NFL defensive tactician. He's definitely a leader that guys look to and respond to in terms of the players. So uh, his decision, last thing on the subject, VJ's decision to come in here and go, all right, things seem to have been pretty good under Vic. Uh, they defensively Uh Euro Evero was smart enough to kind of keep the status quo, especially relative to scheme itself, the base scheme and the, the nomenclature. I'm going to kind of follow that model. And all of his players have complimented him for it. It's made it a really easy transition, which has allowed them to play free out of the gates because their information download is nowhere even close to what the offense is going through. So all that buffering uh, power that they're having to expend on offense to like remember their play call, remember, oh, the X goes here, the Z does this, my blocking assignment is this, that. The defense, man, they're long past that. They learned all that stuff four years ago, and that's a credit to BJ uh, for being smart enough to kind of figure out how to graft his thing into that existing model. Oh, we're hearing here from uh, from Scott. Zach's power got knocked out by a wicked storm. Don't expect him back. All right. Well, it just so happens we're about at the end of tonight's uh, broadcast anyway. And hey, happened to me not too long ago, whatever that was, uh, a week ago, week and a half ago. So sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles. Um, but we roll with the punches. You know what we do here, but guys, 45 minutes, any burning topics, get it here in the chat. I'm just, okay. I see it. I'm glad you put that on the screen, Scott, because I was kind of, uh, going off there. Uh, all right. Let me take a click, uh, a look here at, uh, yeah, let me take a look at the chat here. Yeah. I think for the most part, honestly, we have gotten, is there anything we've missed as far as the Supers and the Stars? Okay, we're good on that. So here's what I'll tell you guys. Uh, Zach and I, of course, we're off tomorrow. We're off Wednesday. Um, but Thursday night is going to be dope because we're going to be previewing Friday night's game. It's going to be great. Friday night will be one of those rare occasions. We'll see how it shakes out what Eric and Lance want to do. Uh, if they don't want to stay up late to do a gut reaction, then, then uh, Zach and I will. So, we'll see how that shakes out. But in the meantime, guys, I got to remind you this is super important. Uh, make sure that you're following the podcast on Twitter at the MHH pod. Easy to remember on Twitter at the MHH pod. Our mother account on Twitter, slash X, whatever you want to call it, at Mile High Huddle. Uh, you want to get yourself a hat? You want to join the club? You want to get a Buckham t shirt? Go to MHHmerch.com, get your swag on uh, because it's another great way to support what we do here, help us keep the lights on and you get a little something, something out of it that you can rock in your wardrobe every single week. And especially now that football's back. I mean, that's, that's uh, even more important. Also guys, I think we're like a hundred followers away on Facebook from the mile high huddle podcast page cracking 10,000. So we have some really cool, fun plans, things that we're going to do to celebrate and commemorate the podcast page on Facebook crossing 10,000 followers so the sooner you guys help us get there the sooner we can get to that uh, so if you are on Facebook just take a second even if you're already following Mile high huddle and you're like why do I need to file follow, uh, follow the, the pod page just take care of it real quick uh, really appreciate it and then of course on Instagram we're doing more and more myself Scott we're putting lots of time and effort into keeping plenty of unique content on the that channel at Mile, underscore hi underscore huddle on instagram so give us a follow over there and uh don't forget also guys leave your five star review of the podcast on apple Podcasts for a chance to win some swag each and every month we do a, a drawing take the five star reviewers from the month in question just like we do with the super chats and like we do with the stars randomly select a name send a little care package out as a thank you for taking the time You know, two minutes, whatever it might be, to open up the app on your phone and go, Mile High Huddle, podcast, boom, five stars, thanks, guys, boom, that's it. Uh, It helps us out a lot, really helps us grow and reach other Broncos fans. So last thing, um, don't forget, subscribe. Uh, Why isn't it clicking over? There we go. No, it's not clicking to the – oh, it's a ticker. Uh, Subscribe, like, and share. It's been a long time since I've done this part, as you guys probably have figured out by now. But uh, just make sure you're subbed if you're on YouTube. All right. Like the video, YouTube, Facebook, organic ways to really help us out. And you know what? I'm kind of guilty of this myself sometimes. Like I'm a big podcast uh, viewer and just video clip guy on YouTube. I don't spend time as much on TikTok. I don't spend as much time on Instagram and all that. But I I listen to and watch a lot of stuff on YouTube and the people will be like, hey, while you're here, like the video. And sometimes, especially early on. I wouldn't always do it because I'm like, I'm already watching your video and I'm busy. I'm listening to this while I'm washing the dishes or whatever, you know, throwing the ball with the kid. I'm listening to this or I'm mowing my lawn. I don't have time to like, but now because I do understand as a, as a publisher, how key that is, I make sure I do. If I took the time to watch their video, I'm going to like their video because I know it's just one extra step of helping them out. So appreciate you guys uh, thinking that way for us as well. And those of you who do take the time means a lot to us. So. For Zach Kellerman, who unfortunately got knocked out of commission tonight, thankfully in the fourth quarter, right? Um, I'm Chad Jensen. We love you guys. Appreciate you. And we'll see you on Thursday night. Don't forget tomorrow, Broncos for breakfast, Scott. All right, on the bright with Scott and Nick, Tuesday night, of course. Nick and Carl building the Broncos. You've got Mile High Insiders Wednesday night, which is more inside information from Luke from training camp. Been there every single practice. We'll be there for every single practice. Uh, And then we'll be back Thursday. So can't wait. Love you guys. I don't even – I don't have it memorized. Zach's ending thing. Something, something, something. Uh, I'll just give you that Mile High salute. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for being here with us tonight.
0: Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos.